Um, I think I'm going to pass out. Let's pray. <laughs> Dear Jesus, thank you for this day. Thank you for Evan's story and the way that you have worked and are working in his life. Thank you for this opportunity to share my own story. I'm bringing my loaves and my fishes. Will you do something with them? Amen. So when I started Covenant, I didn't really like it here. Um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I came because my best friend Kat and her husband graduated from here in 2015, and they were amazing and wonderful, and I wanted to be like them, so I was like, I'm just going to do what they did. For the first week or so, I thought it was just the a-week drill like Evan was talking about, confused, sleep-deprived, lonely, deeply assured that this was never going to be okay ever, ever again. <laughs> and maybe that was just me, but it was a rough time. Emma Luke graciously tried to distract the people sitting around us on the bus to Chattanooga night because I was legitimately staring out the window, sobbing the whole way down the mountain. It was bad. Everyone was like, if you give it two-ish months, you're going to be great, you're going to be fine. Here's an excerpt from my journal from October 23rd. <laughs> Two-ish months after I started here. <clears throat> I hate it here. <laughs> I don't know what a hermeneutic is. I don't understand the PCA. My roommate Lydia is crazy. She just shot the RA of catacombs with a water gun full of mayonnaise. <laughs> Mostly, I'm just lonely. I'd rather be anywhere but here. When I started at Covenant, I knew everything. I knew what I was going to do, who I was going to be. I was going to double major. I was going to marry a sweet and cute soccer player. There's still time. <laughs> okay, okay, okay. <laughs> I was just going to have a really perfect life. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Obviously, most of that didn't end up happening. I dropped my double major, couldn't look at the soccer players in the eye. It was just not happening. <laughs> and praise the Lord that the things that I wanted so badly when I started here have changed. But more than that, through my time here, I've noticed that my convictions have changed in a variety of ways. Somehow, over the last two years, I have become way less sure about the things that I have always known to be true. My junior year was sort of the high point of difficulty. All the Balk babes say amen. <laughs> I started the year depleted and burnt out from the summer. And during the fall semester, I became eye level with suffering that I hadn't known before, both my own and that of those around me. My grandmother's physical health started to rapidly decline, and I had dear friends struggling with their mental health in really serious and dangerous ways. And on top of all of that, and in response to it, my own life started to spiral out of control in response to everything that was happening. And from this place, I started to question the things that I had always accepted as true, especially truths about my faith. During this time, the darkness of everything wrong with the world felt too big and too near. When looking at my friends who were suffering, and when wrestling with the presence of sickness and death in my own life, I couldn't help but question the goodness of God. I had done this before in small ways, but this time it felt so, so different. 
For the first time, I felt like maybe there was a possibility that I would ask the question of the goodness of God, and the answer would just be, no, he's just not good. These questions scared me. They didn't feel safe, and they wouldn't go away. Oftentimes, I'd fall asleep praying over and over again, please don't let me go, please don't let me go. In January, I got a call from my mom, and she told me that two of my cousins had died in a car crash on their way home from work. We talked for a bit, but there's not really much to say in those situations, so I hung up the phone and just laid on the ground for a bit. With the news of my cousin's passing amidst the deaths of other members of the Covenant community, it was quickly becoming too hard to believe in God at all. I grew up in a non-denominational church, but I've gone to Presbyterian schools for most of my life. And if you're wondering what that does to a person, uh, it creates amazing debates in your mind about the sovereignty of God. Um, and honestly, I have no clue. I don't have an answer. That's not what this chapel talk is about. Um, but I was pretty sure that I couldn't believe in a God who did either. Did he cause this? Did he just allow it? I didn't want any part of it. For weeks, most of my prayers started with, I don't know if you're real, but if you are, I'm so mad at you. Later that week, after the passing of my cousins, I came across this Humans of New York post. I was supposed to submit a picture of it so you guys could see it, but I didn't do that, so sorry. <laughs> you just have to trust me. <laughs> it was a picture of a mom and daughter, and it read, what's your favorite thing about your mother? And the daughter answered, she loves life more than anyone I know. I hope she doesn't mind me telling you this, but recently she's had some health problems, and her health got so bad at one point, she called me and said, I was starting to wonder if there was any reason to go on. But then I had the most delicious pear. And I was like, that is so sweet and dear. Sweet? I didn't think about it again. <laughs> but you guys need to hold on to that, because it's important. I love a callback, it's coming back. I wish I could tell you that in the last month or so, I have completely overcome that doubt that I experienced. I wish I could say that I'm leaving Covenant as a super serious Christian, totally convinced that all this heartache is so worth it, but that wouldn't be the truth. The truth of this time in my life is that I am still very much struggling with how messed up this world is and where God fits into all of it. There's something deeply destabilizing about preparing to leave the literal college of the PCA feeling just a little bit more unsettled than when I first began. Did I do this wrong? Did I waste my time here? Dr. White wrote, speaks really beautifully about grief, and a lot of her words inform my own thoughts. She's adamant about holding tension for the things that we believe can't exist in the same spaces, like beauty and ugliness, sorrow and joy. She frequently reminds us that grief does not make joy any less true, that ugliness cannot crowd out beauty, and not only can they exist together, but they have to on this side of heaven. My time at Covenant has been one great unraveling of most of the truths that I've always known. But one thing that I am totally assured of is that my doubt can exist right next to my belief for no other reason than that it is currently happening as we speak. I can stand before you and say that I know and sincerely believe in the truest parts of myself that God is alive, that Jesus died and was resurrected, that we are made in his image, 
and that he loves us. And I can also say that life is so hard and it's so sad and most of the time it doesn't make any sense. I wish I could tell you that if you're doubting right now, it's only gonna last a minute and you're gonna bounce back better than you were. But as someone who's in the trenches with you, I can't promise you that. But I can tell you that you're just not alone. If you're asking the hard questions, you aren't wasting your time. You're not doing it wrong. I genuinely don't have any answers for the horrific, tragic deaths that we have witnessed in the last week. But I know at my core that Jesus suffers them with us. Right here in the middle of our present grief and uncertainty, in our confusion and our sadness, Jesus is right there with the scars in his palms to remind us that he knew suffering like this. A few weeks ago, I was at Sarah Duke's house in Krupski with my friend Rachel, and they asked how I was doing, and I decided that I was gonna answer them honestly. So I said, I am not okay. I told them about all the doubts that I was experiencing. I told them about my fear and my anger and all of the things that I could not reconcile inside my mind. For the first time, I said out loud, I don't know if I can believe in God anymore. They graciously listened. They didn't offer platitudes or explanations. They just made space for everything I had to say. When I was getting ready to leave, Sarah said, hang on, I have something for you. She ran back into the kitchen and brought back a little pear for me. Told you it was important. In the same way that my doubt can exist right next to my grief, kindness can exist within tragedy. And in that place, the place of the great both and, there is still joy and beauty to be found. For me, I've seen the goodness of God and my friends. Sorry, I looked at them, I shouldn't have looked at them. <laughs> I can't talk about my time at Covenant without mentioning the people who have looked me in the eye time and time again and said, yes, you are still worth all of the terrible trouble it takes to love you. <laughs> I'm a delight. <laughs> this community, all of you, have been the truest evidence of the faithfulness and the kindness of a really good father, and I am very, very grateful to you. Here, even now, in the wreckage of all that is not right, I know without a doubt that there is still truth to be known there are still friends to love and so many pears to be eaten. Blessed are we who exist right now in the middle of terrible loss. Blessed are we who hold beauty in tension with tragedy, who are willing to look into the face of sorrow with the terrible knowledge that we do things so, so differently and affirm that we are not God, we never could be. Would you pray with me? God who suffers with us, who wept at the tomb of a friend you knew would live again. Would you bind us together? Would you open our eyes to the goodness that exists all around us? Please don't let us go. Amen.